Hi guys, welcome to another instalment of BCB's podcast. I'm Liam, I'm the manager of Backcountry Barbell, and here today we have Jake. Say hello, Jake. Hello. So Jake's obviously a coach at BCB as well. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your coaching style and your business? Yeah, thank you, Liam. Um, as you guys know, my name is Jake. Um, I specialise myself as a strength coach at Black Country Barbell. My primary um, sort of population I work with are athletes, and majority even from that, it's uh, combat athletes. Um, that's predominantly who I work with at Black Country Barbell. I'm necessarily always their head, head strength coach. Um, and my coaching styles towards these guys is a very simplified version of complex systems brought back into the real world and things that we can use to facilitate the adaptations that we're trying to get. So how have you got to where you are today? So what what's brought you around to where you are? So in a coaching sense, you know, I've I've always kind of I've either taught in schools or coached since a young age. I actually got into it like pretty much when I was still in school. I actually got into specific sports coaching when I came around through to a university, studied to be a P teacher, but did a joint degree, sports coaching. So I got my experience there. And then off university I went straight into a coaching job and I've just sort of progressed my way through the industry. Um since then so building from that obviously with yourself you being a coach you obviously do a lot of workouts with yourself and so what keeps you motivated as a self-employed coach so what keeps me self-motivated as a self-employed coach you know for me there's like an element of skin in the game and there's an element of you know when I was taught the talk and walk the walk as such I don't believe that's like people's first thing they should look at when they look at a coach but to me having a certain level of skin in the game is quite important so that keeps me accountable for actually understanding better what I put my athletes through if I am kind of have been exposed to or have a better understanding of it myself anyway my training is quite different so that of my athletes I like variants I like to keep interested and well varied in my workouts so I'll often pick things that I like and things that I need to work on um, and I will just rotate around those kind of key concepts and different levels of intensities and that keeps me interested yeah, but, uh, it all depends on like who the person is and ha- and um, what their personality is like in terms of if they're like variants or not. So, um, if someone's to you know motivate themselves as a self-employed coach, especially when it comes to their own training, is finding like their purpose in it. Okay, what they want to actually facilitate from it, um, having that kind of clear-cut goal in mind and working towards that. Cool. So I mean, obviously, uh, work uh, doing the exercises yourself and having a little bit of a play around with the different things. What would you say that is your favourite thing at the minute in terms of working out? Have you got a favourite movement or are you stuck with the same routine or is there a different way around um, it? I don't necessarily have a favourite movement because my coaching approaches, my coaching styles are very, very individualised to the athlete and to their specific goal, what they're trying to um, attain. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily have like one sort of favourite movement myself. Um, in terms from a coach's point of view however from someone who likes lifting in the gym I definitely have a favorite movement any kind of heavy squat and that's definitely get me there all day long <laughs> so and I've seen like on your Instagram and things like that obviously you do a lot of unusual movements like with chains and resistance bands and things like that could you tell us a bit more about that absolutely yeah so the means of accommodating resistance that can be in the form of chains or bands all it does is it overloads the movement itself through the concentric phases and actually deloads during the eccentric. So what I mean by that is, let's say you put um, band tension on a bar as well as standard weights. You've got the weights of the resistance band, which are going to be heavier at their most pulled, i.e. the top of a squat, for example. And as you come down, the bands deload themselves and the weights actually lighter at the bottom. And then you have to accelerate even more aggressively on the way up to, to bypass that. 
Um, it adjusts on something what we call the um, well, a resistance curve, which is inversely proportional to a strength curve, but it adjusts the periods of that. And basically you have to accelerate further because of the different type of resistance. Um, so why I like to add them is I like to add them as training variables. You know, if I'm looking for different intensities through certain different movements, through a certain different phase of someone's training, the option of bands and chains that we have at Black Country Barbell is absolutely perfect for putting those in as a training variable. Of course, yeah. And obviously, again, going through like your social media and things that I've seen in the gym, uh, you do find a lot of different ways, similar movements, but obviously different variants of that. Um, so have you come across any exercises that you've really hated or you've really not got on with or it's just a, a case of you've tried it yourself, you tried it with the athletes and it's just not worked? Yeah, so... You know, there's the way I look at exercise selection is I always see it as part of like a continuum, continuum being at one end, like absolutely god awful, horrendous. Why why would you ever do this? All the way up to the other end, which is going to be um, absolutely perfect given the right parameters, i.e., what their training goal is, what their training age is, and like very, very highly specific to that athlete and to their um, desired outcomes. So when it comes to like selecting things like that, I always look at it where, where it would fit on a continuum. Okay, is it relatively good? Could I think of a better alternative for this? Um, what's the adaptation that I'm trying to facilitate so there's loads of things that are kind of like go into exercise selection in that sense but there are some movements that you're absolutely right that I've come across that are just absolutely hideous and I can never see them fitting anywhere on any kind of continuum like that one that keeps cropping up I keep seeing seeing people do and butch all the time is a in my opinion as much as I love the glute ham raise and the glute ham developer GHD sit-ups in my opinion don't really have any place in any training program ever (laughs) (laughs) period what first like piqued your interest in getting into like the fitness world and obviously becoming a coach what was it that spurred you on to take that career um i guess i'd say that would probably be from the fact that i've always been competitive in a sport since i was nine um and i think having that interest in those in different sports as i was growing up it naturally led me to be a bit more physical during school i.e you know preferring pe over other academic subjects and then naturally progressing through sort of like the education system whether you like it or not you know college university and you know it kind of was a natural progression for me just something that was always within me it was literally ingrained within me to do and I believe it was written out for me and uh, I'm just here to do it so So you always felt like you've got a a good passion behind it and it's always it's always led towards a bigger goal of obviously coaching yes absolutely and that's definitely what keeps me going day to day is the fact that I myself like you know what I want from life is I want to be able to fill, fulfill my potential. Now, you know, and this is a this is a medium of me being able to do that. If I can be the best coach I can be, I can be the best person I can be. I believe so. Yeah. <clears> Brilliant. So, if for anyone that's listening at the minute, if you wanted to give a piece of advice to anyone that they could do right now to improve their life, what would it be? Uh, one immediate takeaway, mm-hmm. I would say, because. You know, in a world where we want everything so quick and fast, obviously it takes an understanding that those aren't always things, but there is definitely something that I've been picking up on that I've been using for quite some time with my athletes myself, and it has been an absolute game changer. It would be nasal only breathing. You know, and what I mean by that is literally breathing in through your nose, out through your nose, and been able to sort of have a bit of regulation there. A lot of us will naturally breathe through our mouth, and it's not very good for lung function, it's not very good for things like anxiety, recovery, um, sleep. It's just it's just not necessarily what we are designed to do. Um, nasal only breathing. If when you put some intent and some focus behind it, it can have some like really impacts. Like I said, things like stress, anxiety, sleep, well-being, happiness. 
um, performance. I use it a lot with my guys. I use it a lot myself and it's been a real game changer and it's something you can literally implement straight away just by breathing through your nose. There's obviously a ton of research out there that you can go and have a look at yourself um, in terms of how to better that. But literally just start breathing through your nose and uh, you'll start seeing things improve for yourself. Well, okay. So that's just like a really easy thing to just start doing. Close your mouth and breathe through your nose. Literally just put the focus there. And if you can't do that, you should do what I do with some of my guys and slap some tape across your mouth. It's all good. <laughs> Get some heavy duty <laughs> gorilla tape and put it across there. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. With the most, someone with a mustache, it was brilliant. So, I mean, just keeping on top of breathing. Um, a few weeks back, obviously, we uh, we was having a conversation about meditation and things like that. And you brought up like Wim Hof with the mm-hmm. breathing methods and things like that. Is that something mm-hmm. uh, that you've still carried on with like the meditation part of it? Yeah, absolutely. So meditation for me has just become a bit of an integrated daily practice, you know, whether it's first thing in the morning or last thing at night, sometimes both. Yeah, so meditation for me has become, a, has become integrated into my daily life. It's something that I still do for sure. Um, the Wim Hof style of breathing has quite a few benefits. It's not essentially a perfect solution for everyone and for every scenario, but it's quite promising in terms of its effects that it can have on you. Um, and it's something that I've been definitely playing about with more and more so and sort of integrating that more and more. But not for everybody. Some people, they just need to literally learn how to actually breathe through their nose and actually use their diaphragm when they are breathing. Just for a nice deep breath and to facilitate what we call parasympathetic breathing, which is basically like a state of calm. You know, it brings your body into a sense of into a sense of calm. It's where things like recovery happen um, and all importantly, your general well-being. It's where it all occurs. So, um, yeah, definitely been integrating that and can definitely recommend it. <laughs> Yeah, really, really much so. I mean, I, I know with me, it was, I was having trouble sleeping, things like that, and it really did help just like calm me down, switch off, and then literally go into a really good sleep as well. It wasn't broken nice. either. But yeah, it's just something, something that I've really taken from that. From there. Nice. Bit of a side question. So if you could go back in time, you go to yourself at 20 years old, what piece of advice would you give them? So, you know, I'm a big believer in like, you know, experiences and sort of when how you learn from them, like whether they be good or bad. If I could go back in time and speak to 20-year-old Jake, you know, I'm a firm believer that experiences are a big part of, you know, how you curate your own life. So I would just tell myself to keep doing as you're doing. Having that sort of like end goal, that end sort of desire, what you're working towards, you know, everything you can do daily to, to facilitate going towards that goal is ultimately what's going to put you where you need to be. So if I could go back to 20-year-old Jake, I'd give him a few bits of advice to expand the process, maybe make it a little bit quicker. But um, I suppose I can summarise that and just fucking do it. You know, pull the trigger, take some action. Don't be so hesitant and um, just get on with it. What, whatever your goals are, whatever you need to do, just do them. There's, you know, we can find results or we can find excuses. So, but um, yeah, yeah I, I guess that's what I'd take my 20 year old self. Keep doing your path, but make it quicker. <laughs> yeah. Expect more sure. of yourself. <laughs> and that brings us to a close with our podcast with Jake. Um, where would the best place to get in touch with you, Jake? Uh, so the best place to get in touch with me is probably through my Instagram, I'd imagine. And that is just at crusader.strength. Great. And we'll pop that in the link below as well. Um, don't forget to like and follow the page of our guys as well. And thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. <laughs>